Thank you, Kathleen, and good morning to all of you on this opening day of the church year. I'm Jeff Brown, a worship associate and board member of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. Welcome to this loving community where we gather and worship, our hearts alive with hope that here we'll truly see one another. Lower the volume on your fears and loosen the armor around your heart. May we root ourselves in the values of our faith, from acceptance and encouragement to equity and justice. We strive not for perfection, but for authenticity and connection. We come here to glean wisdom, to learn, to listen, to forgive, to build trust, and to cultivate compassion for ourselves and for each other. May we find peace in our presence here together. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jeff. Um, so good to see all of you. Um, it's, it's, it's obviously, I just want to name what's uh, true for, for me and I know our staff team and, and everybody, which is hard. It's hard to see us still this way, but this is what we have in order to keep everybody as safe as we can. And I want to remind us that by being here, you're, um, you're here for yourself, but you're also here maybe even as important, if not more important, for everybody around you um, this morning. The, um, the importance of showing up for and with each other is more important than ever. So thank you for being here. And the welcome that Jeff offered, he said, striving not for perfection. And uh, this morning, that is true on the technological front. Um, we've had a number of issues with, um, believe it or not, Xfinity going out for um, India Wood, our, who was our tech runner. So you might notice a few more bumps um, than usual. And if you notice um, a few stressed, uh, smiling faces on behalf of uh, the leaders, that's why. Um, but we'll get there. And um, a few of the other just uh, announcements today. So you're going to hear more next week about, it's called UU, the vote, Unitarian Universalist, the vote. Um, and this is a way for all of us to help um, people in different states get registered to vote. And there, there's going to be opportunities for us to fill out postcards and write letters to people. Um, so you will hear more about that soon. But I know many of us are looking for ways to get involved in this probably most important election in our collective lifetimes. Um, so you will hear about ways to do that. Um, also, if you picked up a uh, box uh, at church, the church has left the building box. Um, so many of you were so eager to get this box that we ran out. So Heather, yeah, Heather's showing it up now. We will um, be making more tomorrow, the Royal We. Heather will be making more tomorrow, and we should have more there at the church building by uh, Wednesday. So please, um, we will send out, we'll put on Facebook and an email so you'll see when to show up for that. And can I just add, if you are needing a box and haven't gotten one, if you could um, type that in the chat or send me an email or both, uh, then we'll have a good sense of how many to get. Yeah, thanks, Heather. Definitely. Um, a few of the gentle reminders. Uh, grab a chalice if you haven't already. Um, I encourage us, if you feel uh, moved, to stay for a coffee hour after the service. And this is when we use a, the breakout function on Zoom to, to talk to people um, in our own community. It certainly is different like everything else, but it is a good way to connect with somebody that you don't know and who doesn't know you and just to, to ask how they are. Um, 
the weekly emails that all of us rely on for information about the, uh, the church community will be going out this year on Fridays. And then there'll be the, always the reminder with the Zoom link on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Um, and if you're new, I want to welcome you so much uh, to uh, our community. It's a terrific place, um, having been here a long time. And I want to welcome each of you uh, to this space. And please fill out a visitor card, which is going to be, uh, it's in the chat box already. Last, but absolutely not least, I'd love to, if your camera is off, maybe to turn it on just for this moment um, to greet one another and we can page through our uh, screens to see who is here. And please just uh, put on your best Sunday morning smile and wave for us. And we will pull up our opening words. I invite you to join Emily with our uh, response as I will lead the first part and Emily will lead the second. Though you have been warned and given plenty of explanations. Reasons to do otherwise. 
You have persisted to claim a life of joy and justice and to carve out this time for renewal of your own heart. Despite the din demanding your attention, luring you towards fear and cynicism, you persist with gratitude for this day, this life that has been given, this chance to begin again. Despite all the forces of fragmentation, the disappointing ways we fail each other, fail ourselves, we must refuse to let grief undo us or to let our dreams get lost along the way. In spite of all of the evidence, we keep showing up at the edge of our own longing. And then we keep going, remembering this duty we have to life in a greater sense, this duty we have to each other, our children and their children. This hope that is also a choice. We make this promise we fight for, to persist in kindness, persevere in compassion, and prevail in a life that is bound up entirely to love. Come, let, let us, us worship together. And Sarah will share our our, our opening hymn will be shared. It's called Magnificence. Please sing along. You'll see the, uh, the words in our chat box. Our sing box, we'll call it. Thank you. 
Okay. So this morning, this year, we're doing a little bit of a different thing with our chalice lighting and our covenant. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be inviting um, kids in our congregation to light chalices in their home and to lead us in our covenant. So much like we do in um, in-person church, we're going to have kids start lighting our chalice again. And they are also going to be our covenant leaders. So if you have a chalice at home, please grab it. This morning, Elle and Mae Thompson are going to be lighting our chalice and leading us, and please say the covenant along with them. And if you are a kid and would like to light our chalice in an upcoming week, we're going to put the sign-up link in the chat box now, and your parents can help sign you up. So Elle and Mae, thank you so much for being our chalice lighters this morning. You're welcome. <laughs> Please join in saying the covenant. Love is the spirit of this church and service its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek truth and love, and to help one another. Bear with us, we will rewind and play it with sound in just a second. again everyone now is our time for our wonder box and I love if any um, kids who are present uh, young at heart um, young in age whoever and can come close to the screen because this morning we're gonna have um, by far the best uh, most talented person in our house my wife Karen who's gonna draw for and with our story so but first our wonder box as you can see, I think I took the last box yesterday. I apologize, but I need it for props. But more will be coming. So inside our box today is water. And our story this morning is the cycle that connects us because um, water is one of the things that connects all of us. And so we're, India's gonna uh, spotlight Karen's screen so that we can watch our story unfold. It begins this way. 
rain falls upon the surface of the earth and pulled by gravity, each drop begins to flow downhill. Drop merges with drop, flowing together into a trickle, a stream, a creek, even a mighty river, and it flows on and on. Some of the water seeps down into the earth itself as groundwater, or even sometimes deep aquifers, which is below the surface where it will stay for days and years and even millennia until it is pulled up again, pulled up this time by tree roots and wells and springs and geysers where the water rejoins the dance and it continues to flow and flow and flow. The water flows on until it collects and it collects in ponds and lakes and seas and oceans that are vast. And all the while the sun's warm rays warm the water and it calls it back into vapor. So with the light, it can rise up and up and up, each moving on its own again into the higher parts of the atmosphere, swirling, where the air grows cool and the water vapor slows and cools. And then it begins to turn again, unbelievably back into droplets. So then droplets find droplets and join together again and again, and they form clouds. And these clouds grow heavier and heavier until at last the weight of the clouds pulls them down again and the rain falls on the surface of the earth. Everywhere on earth at every moment, everywhere is somewhere in this cycle cycles upon cycles, falling, flowing, sinking, transforming, rising, and it happens again and again and again and again. Did you know that our planet has all the water it will ever have and has ever had? And that this same water cycle has been spiraling around and around for more than four and a half billion years. Four and a half billion years. The same cycle. That's a calendar and like each page is like a billion. This means that the water in the vials that we gave out in our boxes or that the water you have in your house from all over the world, or even just in Natick or in Holliston or in Hopkinton or Medway or Ashland or Framingham or Milford. All of this comes from all over the world from across all of time. 
all of time on the earth. The water that we're going to bless a little bit later this morning has traveled from and through the roots of trees long since returned to soil and has burst from geysers that ceased spraying millennia ago and has flowed down rivers that have changed course entirely over billions of years. You know, this water cycle doesn't just involve rivers, though, and plants and clouds. It also involves us and it moves through us in and out of our bodies in all kinds of ways. You see a little body there. So it's true to say that the water that we bless today most likely has been in the tears in our eyes. The tears of sorrow and joy cried by the first person, the first person who ever felt love. I mean, seriously, just think about that for a second. We're connected to that first person, that first tear, that first eye. The water that we're going to bless today was maybe once in the best chicken soup that someone ever ate. Or maybe in the, the sweat on the brow of the people who built our church. Remember, built in 1826. Or in the blood of the mothers that gave birth to our grandmothers, 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 grandmothers. I mean, think of that. of all the places and the people that the water that we bless today has come from. You see a little baby there? <laughs> I wonder if um, all of us who are listening can maybe use the chat box to tell us where you think the water has come from, all the people and places that it's come from. And just write it down. Write it down for us. Mother's milk, Africa, from the hearts of people connecting with others, from Rangeley Lake in Maine. The sweat of volunteers, the tears of joy and sorrow, and the pipes under the road. Some kids are getting snarky and putting in George Washington's pee. <laughs> the well on the ground in Hollison, Acadia, Maine, a fridge water dispenser, Umpqua River in Oregon. Our son's mom glaciers, 
the dinosaurs, the dousing wildfires in California and Plymouth from all we have loved and who loved us. Hopkinton YMCA and bathwater and icebergs melting and Poland Spring in Maine and rainforests in Brazil. Friends, as these come in, I want us to remember, I want us to remember that as we gather the waters this morning, in a different way than we have ever done, ever done in our history, that our water connects you, that connects each of you to the rest of us. And it connects the rest of us to all of us through time. Amen. Heather's gonna tell us a little bit about Wonder Boxes for, um, for this church here. Yes, so some of the things that we are doing this year is thinking about how we can help kids um, get more connected to our online worship service. I know that it's, it's hard for a lot of people to do worship online, but I know it's particularly hard for kids. And one of the things that we're going to try to um, start doing is to each week give a little activity or um, suggestion for things to do at home this week with your families or on your own. Um, we're gonna really encourage kids to come to the first 20 minutes of worship, just like we do in person and stay through the wonder box. And then we would love for kids to stay for the rest of the time. But if you need to go do other things or move your body or do a quiet activity um, to, try to, to try to focus that first 20 minutes and have um, kids stay with us then. And then at the end of the wonder box each week, I'm gonna give a little suggestion for an activity or, uh, or a, um, a kind of conversation to have at home. So this week's activity is in your church bags, you got a little flower pot and a little um, saucer. And you probably saw um, L and May's chalice um, was made out of these things. So in your box, you got these two things. And I just wanted to show you how it becomes a chalice. So if you flip the pot upside down and you put the saucer on the top, it becomes a little chalice and you can put a tea light in the, in the top. So your activity this week is to glue these together and to decorate them however you'd like. Markers work, paint works, um, putting uh, tissue paper on it um, and like gluing tissue paper looks beautiful. So there's lots of ways you can make your chalice your own and make it look beautiful. So your job this week is to decorate your chalice. And I would love to see them if you wanna have your parents take a picture and either email them to me or put them on our Facebook page. I would love to see the chalices you're making at your homes. So I encourage you to do that. Um, and before we move into our prayer, I also just want to say thank you so much to Karen for um, illustrating our Wonder Box this morning. It was so lovely. And we're going to put that on our Facebook page as well. And if you're not on our Facebook group, um, but would like to be, we're going to add that in our chat box right now um, so we can stay connected there. That's a great place to stay connected to the community. All right, so kids, we invite you to stay for the rest of worship, but if, um, if now is the time that you need to go wiggle or do your own thing, uh, now is a good time to do that. Thanks, Heather. 
Friends, as we transition now into a time of prayer, meditation, and silence, I invite you to find a comfortable position. Just sit back, let your body be supported by the couch or the pillows that you're sitting on or leaning against. If you're holding a glass or a mug, uh, maybe just put it down for a few minutes so your hands are free to just rest in your lap or wherever is comfortable. And I invite you all to just take a deep breath in and out. Try to soften any muscles that might feel a little tense right now, especially your neck and your jaw. And as we enter this time of prayer, I invite you to give your mind, your heart and your body the gift of rest for the next few moments. We'll begin with our call to prayer. The song is called We Are One. We will play Sarah's recording and you are invited to sing along or simply listen. In the waters, we are space to lift up prayers. Prayers for our loved ones, for our world, and finally our prayers of thanksgiving. So using the chat box, I'd like you to now lift up prayers for loved ones, for those nearest and dearest to us, whether they're in the same room with you right now or somewhere across the country or even the world. I invite you now to write those prayers for all of your loved ones in the chat box. As these prayers keep rolling in, and for all of these prayers, we light a candle. For our world, 
for all beings in our interconnected web. I now invite you to write your prayers for our world in the chat box. So many prayers for our world this morning. Thank you all. And finally, on this day of our communities in gathering, may we remember the many, many blessings of this life. So I encourage all of you now to write as many prayers of thanksgiving as you can name in the chat box. So many beautiful prayers of thanksgiving. Thank you all for all of these prayers and for any prayers that may rest on your heart but remain unspoken this morning. We light a candle. Friends, if you haven't entered a prayer yet and you want to, please go for it. I will ask all of us now to pray with me. Spirit of life and that which holds us all. We gratefully return to this space of belonging today. We give thanks for the joy and grace present in this community to which we all belong and where we all are loved. As this pandemic continues across our country and our world, as wildfires rage in our West and the South recovers from hurricane storms, Spirit, bless our hearts that we may find the resilience to keep loving each other, to keep helping our communities, and to keep taking care of our loved ones in this time of struggle and survival for so, so many of us. In this season of righteous protest for the sanctity for and justice due Black lives, as well as a divisive and critical critical election, bless our minds that we may remain grounded in the values and beliefs that make our lives whole and that teach us how and why to work for a world of justice and peace. Spirit, as we contemplate the people that we are called to be in this strange and serious time, 
bless our hands and feet that we may do the work of building community, building belonging, and building peace in a world that desperately needs it. Help us to be the hope that we long to see and bring that promise of hope to others in all our words and deeds. For all of the prayers lifted this morning, for our community gathered here, and for the world of peace and love that we all seek to build, we pray today. In the name of the great love that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Let us now be still together. Thank you, Kathleen. So friends, we, we know, I mean, um, it doesn't take much, um, any time at all to know that there is need that's, uh, that is pressing in all around us. Um, requests for time, requests for energy, requests for 
resources, financial and otherwise. And um, I just want to note that sometimes it can, it can um, maybe it can feel overwhelming to us. I know it does to me. I'm reminded of um, the quote that you hear me say all the time when I uh, give sermons with us from Edward Everett Hale, who wrote in the late 1800s, we cannot do everything, but we can do something. It's interesting that that sentiment has persisted for so long. I say this in the spirit of the offerings this year. Last year, we began to share our weekly collection um, with an outside agency of some kind every week. And your generosity was simply astonishing and inspiring to me. So this year we continue, we will continue to do that. And we ask to don't try to do everything, but if you feel like you can do something, then do that and pay attention to the needs around you and give what you have um, and feel like you can, both to the outside agency and to our church community that allows it to continue, as so many of you already do. So this morning's offering will be shared with a um, terrific organization that's been around for a long time. It's in Framingham. It's called Daniel's Table. And one of the things that Daniel's Table, it's a uh, basically like a, it's a very large food pantry. But right away in March, it established an emergency food relief program. And one of our members, Kathy Healy, told me about one of the remarkable things that they've done over this year is that they have given money or given food, excuse me, to, um, to the entire Framingham public school system for children who need um, breakfast and lunch, oftentimes at school. It's the only place that they can get, some of us can get a healthy, nourishing meal. And the stat that just blew me away about them is that every week, every week, Daniel's Table helps 650 families and provides 15,000 meals of emergency food. 15,000. So think of your contribution as providing maybe one of those meals if you're able to give. So just like last year, and you'll see the, um, the slide up now, that we are going to collect the offering through Realm. And it's... Um, you just go to your Realm account and non-members may donate as guests. And you enter the amounts if you'd like to contribute toward your annual pledge, which is the annual pledge that allows our budget to be fulfilled. Or you want to go to the general donation, um, which is a general donation to the church, if you'd like to do that. Or the special collection, which is not missing, which is a previous one. Today's is for Daniel's table. And you can do that. So um, once you get the hang of it, it is, pr it is pretty simple. And most of all, I just want to thank you all for your generosity as we get blessed with more music from Sarah and our singers. Doom, ticka, doom, doom, doom. Doom, ticka, doom, doom, doom. Doom, ticka, doom, 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 doom. Doom ticka doom doom doom. The doom, river doom, is a healer. The river is doom, doom, a saint. The river knows no end. And the 
entitled, The Church Has Left the Building. The church is not a place, it is a people. The church is not only a steeple above the tree line, streets, and cars. Rather, it is a people proclaiming to the world that we are here for the work of healing and of justice. The church is not walls built stone upon stone, held together by mortar, but rather person linked with person linked with person. All ages and genders and abilities, a community built on the foundation of reason, 
faith, and love. The church is not just a set of doors open on Sunday morning, but the commitment day after day and moment after moment of our hearts creaking open the doors of welcome to the possibility of new experience and radical welcome. The church is not simply a building, a steeple, a pew. The church is the gathering together of all the people and experiences and fear and love and hope in our resilient hearts. Gathering however we can to say to the world, welcome, come in, lay down your heartache and pick up hope and love. For the church is us, each and every one of us together, a beacon of hope to this world that so sorely needs it. So friends, one hot day in early August, about a month ago, I walked into our church building to pick up some books. And as I went in, I stood in the south entry right between the Fa's room and the office, and it was so still and so quiet and so clean. And I had come in for an efficient errand, masked in and out, knowing that I would be the only one in the building. And I started to walk toward my office past the sanctuary and I took a deep breath and I was surprised to feel tears pricking at my eyes because in that moment I had known what, ha what I had known in my mind struck me in my body that we wouldn't be gathering together in September in person in this building. And the pause that we had put on our collective gathering in the spring was going on much longer than any of us had expected. And as I walked to my office, I peeked in the nursery where Happy St. Patrick's Day was written on the whiteboard. And there were pictures of snow people made by toddlers still on the wall. An almost apocalyptic snapshot in time of the time that we were last together in the building. And while I know that the church was never simply the building, that the building has been lost to fire and rebuilt and changed and grown and had additions built over the long life of our spiritual community, our buildings on that spot on the hill have been our church's spiritual home for over three centuries. And when I am in the sanctuary, I can imagine the memories and stories and history of our spiritual ancestors who have come before us, who have built the foundation that we now worship in, both physically and metaphorically. And yet I find myself reflecting when we stopped gathering in person in mid-March, that the church had already had a practice of going outside of the walls of the sanctuary because my beloved church, church when done right is always leaving the building. Prior to moving online, we had left the walls of our building when a group of us went to the Women's March in Boston. And again, when a group of us went to Boston to protest gun violence after Parkland. When we put installations to raise awareness for mental health on our front lawn. We have left the building and gone into school classrooms when our coming of age eighth graders report that this week, a classmate said something homophobic and they had the courage to call them out and challenge them on it. 
We've left the building when our teams have traveled to New Orleans, when our youth group has gone to Arizona and West Virginia to serve and to learn more about ourselves and who our faith calls us to be in the world. We have left the building and gone home with you in your cars when parents get big questions from little voices in the back seat. Mom, why do animals have to die? Or Dad, where did I come from? We've left the building when our hymns have become family lullabies, when our teenagers have become experts among their peers for questions about sexual health and consent and accurate science-based information because of our Our Whole Lives program. We have left the building and gone into hospital rooms. We've left the building in the form of rides and meals and quilts and cards sent when one among us is sick or has suffered an unspeakable loss. My beloved church, all along, the building has never been the church. We have been the church. And here we are, still, through it all. Here we are. Scroll through and look at us, the church. Look around. It's us. This, my friends, is just our newest manifestation of what we have always been doing, of bringing our faith out into the world. And one of the things I love most about this church is that when we stopped gathering in person, we had already left the walls of our building because I see the way that each of you in your lives, in your communities, and in your families live our faith in the world. And so this September, when we gather again for a year of church that will be no doubt unlike any we have experienced before. I invite us to consider that while our church has left the building, the church is very much here. This September, let us renew our commitment to showing up for ourselves and for each other, to being the church and to creating sacred space wherever we might go. Those who know me well will tell you that I am a very sentimental person. I have special little things all over my house, tucked into corners, decorating my bookshelves. And I was looking at my bookshelf this week and realized that I have unintentionally created an altar of sorts. Right there on my bookshelf, all of the objects that connect me to touchstones in my life, to pivotal moments, places, journeys, experiences. Stones from the beach in Ireland where my great-grandmother was born, a teacup that belonged to another great-grandmother, a yellow ticket stub from one of the first concerts I ever went to, a clay animal figure from a child, dirt from my dad's memorial service, collar tags from one of my childhood dogs who passed away long ago, dried flowers from my ordination into the ministry, a small chalice that belonged to my friend Katie who passed away when I was 21. Water collected from water communion since my childhood. A robin's egg. All of these things connect me to that which I hold as most sacred. Relationships, people, church, growing up, remembering. And in this virtual world that we now inhabit, it is still so often tangible and physical objects that draw me in, that help me to connect, to remember, 
to get grounded, to be reminded of who I am and who I have been and what I value. Today, as we take our church out of the building, I invite you to think about how you might build a sacred space in your own life, a place where you can go to get connected to that which you hold as most sacred. Perhaps it has special objects. Perhaps it is a place where you can get still and quiet. Perhaps it is a place to remember those who have come before you. And in this year of anticipating that it may be a while still before we are able to be back together again in our common space, our sanctuary, as we've mentioned, we've created these special church boxes and sent you home with some of the items that we use in our creation of our sacred space together. Candles for prayer and our sacred water from our water communion last year. In, an ho in a hope and an invitation that you might also intentionally carve out some sacred space in your home to ground you and to get connected in the midst of the anxiety and the fear and the beauty and the heartbreak and the precious hope and the uncertainty that is this time. My beloved UUAC community, as we begin this year uncertain of what the future holds, but certain that we will be called upon to connect in ways that we never have before, may we renew our sense of the sacred in the world around us. May we find time to pause. May we stay connected. And may we remember that although the church has left the building, the church is right here and there and there. I see you in your living rooms, on your decks, in your kitchens, in the car, because wherever you are, the church is. Because, my dear friends, we are the church. We are the church, and we have left the building. Thank you, each of you, for being the church. Blessed be, and amen. Amen, Heather. Thank you so much. So I'd like to invite us to um, to grab the vial of water that we um, may have picked up at church, or if you did not uh, have the chance to do that, or <laughs> the boxes were gone when you did, and you'll pick up new ones on Wednesday. To holding your hand whatever source of water you have nearby. And as you hold in your hand, Emily will offer a blessing for us. Source of life. With this water, we bring into our homes the fullness of our communal life. The agony, the heartbreak, the transformation, the connection, the history, the tenderness, that this water has known. May this water which connects us to all of life, connect us to one another. As streams collect into rivers and as rivers merge into oceans, so too may we widen our understanding 
of who we are connected to, of who is our neighbor, and allow our hearts to be broken open by this world. May we seek to bring about a world that counters destructive power with love and healing, because the tears of grief are also holy waters. May the transparency of this water allow us to see clearly the injustices that flourish when disaster strikes and as fires, metaphorical and very literal, rage across this country, so too may we seek to be a healing balm. For the water of healing is holy water. This water that is the very essence of life is holy water. Made holy by our reverence for the water, for the earth, and for the experiences and the people who have brought this water here before us. May this water be a symbol of our connections and commitment as a congregation to one another, to those who have not yet joined our community, to those who may not yet have even been born. In this water, may we find a deep well of hope and faith, and may this water bless and sustain us all. Amen. Many of you shared some photos of how water is sacred to you, and we are grateful for the diverse beauty that those photos represent. So please enjoy the slideshow that India will play.
<laughs> that was awesome. Uh, we have our, our final hymn, Blue Boat Home, um, which I can personally attest is a great hymn to take home and sing as a lullaby to your kids. Works very well. Uh, and if you're curious, the ocean in the background, same as earlier, is just, it's Revere Beach last week. Sing along, please, everyone. Friends, will you join me for our call to ministry, which will be in the chat box. We go forth into the world in peace to act with works of love, to affirm each person's dignity and to cherish the living earth. My beloved church, we are connected by a cycle, a spirit, a love that is greater than any of us that was here much before us and will be here long after us. As we leave the building, may we be the church, bringing the sacred with us wherever we go. Blessed be 
and amen. So friends, we invite you to stay for a virtual coffee hour. We'll be splitting you into breakout groups with about six or seven other people. And um, if you'd like to stay for an informal 20 minute conversation, uh, please stay through the end of the prelude. We hope you will stay and connect with your fellow church members and we hope to see you there. Thank you.